in light of the, the current events, what's going on in the world and the church, I'm going to speak and preach on the, the new revelations of the, the sex scandal in the church. So if you have young ears here with you and you would like to, to step out, the activity center is open. I'm going to speak fairly frankly about a, a few things. And so I invite you to, to pray with me as we always do. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Make our minds, our hearts, and our souls the fertile soil that you speak of in the gospel. That your word may bear deep, rich, and abundant fruit in our lives. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Our Lady, we ask your, your constant and continual intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Speaking about this, uh, preaching at all the masses in this morning, just a no fun, right? No fun, tough thing to do, but a real thing that we have to do as a family to address the reality of, of, of what's going on. First and foremost, um, I'm, my heart, my mind, the last couple of weeks, a lot of anger, a lot of hurt. Reading some of the, the stories in the, the Pennsylvania report of reading the stories about former Cardinal McCarrick make you sick to your stomach. And beyond that, worse, certain priests, certain bishops, certain people in the church who fail to protect the most vulnerable who abandon victims of abuse. It's unspeakable. It's, it's a sin that cries out to heaven. A sin that cries out to heaven. And as I know, just my, my own hurt, my own anger, my own frustration with this is, is nothing in comparison to the victims of abuse and their families. And is unimaginable, unimaginable. I cannot, cannot imagine. Again, sins that cry out to heaven. There's so much um, that can be said, that should be said. I'm not, certainly cannot say it all. But a few things I want to focus on. One Cardinal DiNardo, who is the president of the USCCB, so the, the U.S. Catholic bishops, in describing this, he said a number of things, but he, he, he said this, which I find very important. He says, this is a moral catastrophe, spiritual crisis, and this is a key piece, 
says one of the root causes of this crisis is a failure of Episcopal leadership. Episcopal is a, a f- fancy word for bishop. The failure of Episcopal leadership. It's a reality. And in praying with this, I could not help but the Lord just like placed on my heart this passage from Ezekiel 34. This passage from Ezekiel at the time, the, the leaders of Israel, the Lord calling them to repentance, calling them to repentance, and they're not repenting. And you know, Mark Twain would say, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And so these words from Ezekiel 34 are very um, very important for us today here. Very point on. He says this. He's telling the prophet Ezekiel. This is the Lord telling the prophet Ezekiel to speak to the shepherds. He says, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. And these words prophesy to them, to the shepherds. Thus says the Lord God, woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been pasturing themselves. Should not shepherds rather pasture sheep? You have fed off their milk, worn their wool, and slaughtered the fatlings. But the sheep you have not pastured. You did not strengthen the weak, nor heal the sick, nor bind up the injured. You did not bring back the strayed, nor seek the lost. But you lorded it over them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered for lack of a shepherd and became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered and wandered over the mountains and the high hills. My sheep were scattered over the whole earth with no one to look after them or to search for them. Therefore, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, because my sheep have been given over to pillage, because my sheep have become food for every wild beast for lack of a shepherd, because my shepherds did not look after my sheep, but pastured themselves and did not pasture my sheep. Because of this, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, I swear I am coming against these shepherds. I will claim my sheep from them and put a stop to their shepherding my sheep so that they may no longer pasture themselves. I will save my sheep that they may no longer be food for their mouths. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. Failure of Episcopal leadership. And the Lord's speaking to the reality of that and the consequences of that and the pain. In Scripture, if you read Scripture, you see oftentimes the Lord call his people to repentance, particularly the leaders call his people to repentance and call them to repentance. And if they did not respond, then the Lord would, uh, would allow them in some way to feel the weight of the consequences of their sin. 
We see this oftentimes in scriptures again. It's like, okay, Israel, come on, come on, come on. Turn back and I will heal you. Turn back and I will heal you. Turn back and I will heal you. And if they didn't turn, he's like, okay, well, I'll let you feel the weight of this. And another nation would come in and, oh, Lord, where are you? <laughs> and now, now you wonder where I am, right? And so here I feel, again, the Lord is allowing these things to come to the surface because, because of the need of repentance and transformation and cleansing and renewal. Yes, yes, since this first popped up in the 2002, change has taken place. Progress has been made, but not enough. You know, this is like, again, like this parent, a parent who allow maybe like bail their child out four times, five times out of jail immediately and then eventually like, okay, maybe you just need to stay in there for a while so that it will cause you to turn your heart. And so we're feeling the weight of that. We're feeling the weight of the sins of a certain group of priests, a certain group of bishops. There needs to be a cleansing. There needs to be a renewal. It's inexcusable. This is a multifaceted problem. Um, it's a multifaceted problem, and anything to say you can easily oversimplify it. But there's one point that I feel like the media is missing, and I feel like it's important for us as a church to understand and, and, and for us to speak to our bishops about. Media continues to portray this as, as almost exclusively. A, pedophilia problem and it's certainly there and it's certainly present and it's horrendous but it's technical pedophilia is a small percentage of the victims and many of them are not prepubescent but postpubescent 78% in fact and 80% are male so we have to, to face the reality of this, of this the reality of in certain pockets within the priesthood and the episcopacy, allowing active homosexuality to be present and not calling it for what it is. And then that trickling down and turning into predation of the young. Again, complicated topic in, in many things. And um, to experience same-sex attraction is... Not a sin at all. The Lord loves us all tremendously, totally, fully. And there are priests who, who do experience same-sex attraction who are holy, chaste men doing wonderful ministry for the church. Um, if, again, this is a big topic. It's, an, it's another homily for us to give. And if you experience same-sex attraction, if you know someone who does, the church loves you. The doors of the church are constantly open. God's, God, is, his love is full. The Lord calls all of us, no matter what our inclinations are, to, to chastity. And the chastity in regards to the teaching rooted in scripture of what human sexuality is, is intended for. Um, I, would, I would encourage you, there's a beautiful ministry within the church called Courage. There's a website, couragerc.org. And the church is beautiful, merciful, loving teaching on this. We have the, the grace of in October, the 
the national chaplain of Courage, uh, the international chaplain, Father Bochansky, is going to come and speak. So I invite you in October. It's going to be, I think, a Tuesday the 30th. Please come. The Cardinal McCarrick case is, and this is kind of focus on this. It's uh, it's painful. It's a reality that's present. So what the bishops need need to understand all of this, like, we have to hold priests accountable to, to the gospel. To the gospel. And whatever grave sin that is, whatever grave sin it is, it's taking money, it's, it's uh, inappropriate sexuality or whatever form or process it comes in, like, it, it cannot be excused. It cannot be excused. I'm not perfect. I'm a broken man. I'm a sinful man. I know that in my priesthood I've said things and done things that have hurt people and I know I will until I die. But there's, there's lines that should never be crossed and that we should, there's a level of accountability that needs to be held. Um, with mercy, with grace, but also with firm justice and protection. Maybe you've thought about leaving the church. If you thought about leaving the church, I could tell you over the last couple of weeks, there are a couple of days where there's a strong temptation in my head. Hey, I think to myself, this is, this is absurd. I'm just going to be easy to leave. My life would be easier just to go, you know. Um, sitting with that, like, okay, Lord, I mean, it didn't. Is this surface level temptation that's present, that's real, the anger, frustration. And sitting and taking that to prayer and, and knowing that like, I, where am I going to go? I'd not only be running away from the church, I'd be running away from the Lord, I'd be running away from myself. Because I've found the fullness of who I am in and through Christ. And the power and the grace of the Holy Eucharist. The source and the summit of the faith. The fullness of Jesus Christ. The bread of life. So no matter what sins in the church now, in the past, and in the future. There's nowhere for me to go. And in those moments of consolation. In those moments is a renewed zeal. Like, okay, Lord. Come. Come. And a renewed desire and a call for all of us. Renewal takes place when individuals within the church and together as a community, we choose for real transformation. The conversion of our own hearts in real sanctity. That's where renewal comes from. And by our lives living it, demanding that. If we leave, if we let the sins of a few rob us of the source of life of the Eucharist, then... We should not do so. Jesus told St. Francis of Assisi, he told him, he said, rebuild my church which you see is in ruins. Rebuild my church which you see is in ruins. And St. Francis, he was in this old chapel that was falling down and he started to, to like take rocks and like literally rebuild this church. And I've been there, it's beautiful. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like St. Francis, like I'm just touching the rock, like this is cool, you know. Then St. Francis realized, no, the Lord is speaking about the spiritual reality of the church. The spiritual bankruptcy that is present. And by his own living the gospel and calling other people to that, renewal took place. 
This is our call to us here and now. I'd like to say a word specifically to, to men who may be feeling inclined or discerning a call to the priesthood. Probably not a real exciting time for that, right? Yeah. In 2002, when the scandal broke in Boston, that's when I was discerning and entered the seminary. And I'm like, Lord, are you crazy? This is insane. But I tell you, you do not let the sins some steal the gift and the beauty and the vocation of the priesthood. It is a beautiful call. It takes sacrifice, yes, but it's full of joy. Full of joy. And it is one that we need desperately now in our church. Desperately. So be not afraid. Be not afraid. The Lord's power and grace is sufficient in our weakness. Some practicals for all of us, some practicals here. If you yourself or you know someone who has been abused, please come forward. Contact the civil authorities first and contact the diocese victim abuse coordinator. Right? Justice needs to be done. Justice needs to be done. And again, your pain, I cannot imagine. For us to write letters to our bishops, to all the bishops, in November, every November, the U.S. bishops gather together in D.C. for their annual meeting, and they need to hear from the church. Cardinal DiNardo, bishops need to hear from the church what to write. We, we, we should also write in commendation for, for positive things that have happened. Progress has taken place. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. For good things that have been done. But also to hold them accountable to be bold leaders in cleaning up whatever mess is present. No tarrying, no dallying. Be a shepherd who pastors the flock. Not themselves. To hold, to, to tell the bishops to hold priests accountable in every area of their life. Again, we're imperfect, we're imperfect, but there, there are things that, that cannot happen, that should not happen. And when they do, with compassion and with love, but with swift justice, need to be dealt with. Increase transparency and lay involvement and leadership on different levels and specifically around this issue. And blessed be God, much progress has taken place. There's more to be done. To not accept or ordain men not fit for the priesthood because there is a need for more priests. Even if you have to close parishes, Bishop, don't do it. It's not about the numbers. Does that hurt? It hurts, yes. It's not about perfect men. They're, they don't exist. But there's a threshold. Ask the bishops to make public reparation for sins committed by the clergy. Statements, we, if you can go on the, the diocesan website and find the statement from our bishop and it's good, I encourage, I encourage you to go. The statements are good and, and there's their place, there's a place for them. But this, this, there's a need for public reparation and penance for, to pray for healing, to pray for mercy, to pray for transformation and renewal. Ask them, Bishop, let's, let's have a mass 
the whole diocese. Let's pray the rosary together. Let's, let's do something here. To pray and fast in reparation for sin ourselves, that we need to pray and fast, that we, as the body of Christ, to do this. It's a spiritual battle. Satan is real. Humans are, have to be responsible, and everyone has to be responsible, the priests, the bishops, and we all have to be responsible for our actions. But the enemy comes in, and we, in, in our prayer, a prayer asking the Lord's defense, Specifically a holy mass, offer masses, offer masses, come with your heart, offer masses for healing of victims, for reparation. Pray the rosary, an amazing and powerful tool. Adoration, we have the Adoration Chapel, which will open this week. You can go online and sign up for hours of adoration. And once we do, we're going to expose the Blessed Sacrament 60 hours a week. Last year we had three and a half people an hour average go. Amazing gift. Renewal and transformation by being in the presence of Christ. And then fasting, we have to fast to pray. And you think, well, why, why do we have to do it? Well, we pray for our brothers, we pray. We pray for mercy for those who have committed these crimes. We pray for the grace to be able to forgive, but also for justice. And lastly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry on behalf of the entire church, the bishops, the priests. You don't deserve this. The victims absolutely, absolutely don't deserve this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hail Mary, full of grace. Blessed art thou. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour.